Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight. From San Francisco, I'm Tian Wei, and this is World Insight. Chinese President Xi Jinping met with the U.S. President Joe Biden on Wednesday, their first in-person meeting since G20 Bali last year. In what has been described as a candid and in-depth exchange on top issues, Chinese President Xi said major country competition is far from the solution to problems facing China, the U.S., or the world at large. He noted that the world is big enough for both nations to succeed, and that one country's success is an opportunity for the other. After the meeting, Chinese President also addressed the American business community. He suggests that the two countries will roll out more measures to facilitate travels and promote people-to-people interactions. He said, "We must not build barriers." On China-U.S. relations and the observations of business community, I talked to Robert Moritz, global chairman of Price Waterhouse Coopers, who is also a delegate at the APEC CEO Summit in San Francisco. Bob, now we see so much change. So, what is the core value? Do you see business leadership needs to hold on to? Well, there's two things that are really important from a leadership perspective. First is the leadership of today, whether it's government or corporates, have to have a personal degree of resiliency themselves, because there's no ability to please everyone. So you're going to get attacked from multiple angles, and you have to be definitive in your points of view and the rationale behind that. The second thing is you have to have your own resiliency over time. If you're going to be a leader and drive change, it's going to take a lot of time and energy, and that is a combination of being very clear of what you want to accomplish, the reasons behind it, the engagement with your stakeholders. So the secret to success is understanding what the stakeholders want, engaging with them, not talking to them, engaging with them in terms of co-creating or making them feel like they co-create, and then being carefully trusted by them that you've delivered. What you have, in fact, promised. That is so important. But on the other hand, things are evolving, and therefore, no one is have the ultimate judgment that is of what is right, what is wrong, where to go. So, how to, on the one hand, be clinging to the core value, but at the same time, very flexible and be able to communicate that with the team, also crucial. Many organizations do a really good job of landing a set of core values. Those core values will not change. From one quarter to the next, or one year to the next, they'll sustain themselves for a long period of time. What the CEO community, the C-suites, and I'm going to argue our politicians <laughs> need to do as well, is to control what they control and don't get distracted by all of the other stuff that's happening around you. So be very definitive what you can control. Scenario plan for what may come your way, which has perhaps a low probability but a high impact, or maybe even a high imp- probability and a lower impact. But those are the things that you want to scenario plan for and be ready to move with speed to address them. If you want to move with speed, you also have to demand speed in your organization. How quickly can the data, the insights from your customers, your supply chain, pricing information, go from the bottom of the organization to the top to your desk? So, so you can help make the decisions with quick speed and urgency and a definitiveness and a consistency across the organization. So, what we find in future successful leaders and corporates is going to be the need for speed and agility going forward. That is so important, but it's hard, isn't it? It's hard, but it is a skill set that is going to be valued as a premium. 
what we're going to see is the companies that are successful over the next decade are going to be the ones that take the bureaucracy out of their systems, figure out a way to lead and drive change, and ultimately get to the outcomes that their stakeholders are expecting of them. The other thing is how not to be hijacked by the rhetorics. Now, we know these days, uh, we, especially with the social media, it's very easy one or two voices become the most important uh, slogans. So how to not to be hijacked by some of the rhetorics that you see most popular. That's also very much. The world is now, because of your phone, judge and jury all at the same time. They can take a picture and transmit that around the world. It could be brand defining for your organizations. So when do you choose to engage as a politician, a leader of a, a corporate enterprise, a stand-alone enterprise, does not matter, and when you choose not to? And then, can you use social media as an asset where maybe you're not speaking, but your stakeholders are? And if you use social media with your stakeholders in a positive way and deliver the trust with them, they will help enable even more trust with those other stakeholders, which is really important. We hear so much from the business community. They don't want to stand in lines either with A or with B, against A or against B. So that, you also hear that from political leaders, uh, in fact, uh, uh, in the region. Uh, so. Um, but how much can be done? I mean, from the business leader's perspective, uh, right now we see sanctions, right now we see restrictions, we see the so-called investigation against whatever subsidies used as an excuse for protectionism. So how do you see can be the concrete steps uh, to avoid and to prevent further escalation? Let me speak with an example, climate. You see in the U.S. right now a significant fracturing and different points of view around whether they should move forward with strong regulation. And the reality is the business community is deciding themselves to come together and make the changes and, and not wait for those rules, those big policies or those big decisions and announcements. And they're taking actions themselves. They're coming together as a collective group. They're figuring out what can we do as an individual company, as a sector, as an ecosystem. And this is good for the world it's good for their stakeholders and shareholders and good for the brand of the company as well. So we can't afford to wait anymore. And that's why the business community more broadly around the world should rise to the occasion and step out. And in some cases, take advantage of the opportunities or the gaps that exist where our governments are actually not solving for some of those problems. But tremendous pressure coming from uh, geopolitics on businesses, even on business leaders individually themselves. Many uh, that we know, we got to know over the years, are having those pressures. I really wonder how they are dealing with those pressures. Well, what they're doing though is actually slowing down their decisions because they're looking for signs of more certainty. So, so in a boardroom today, management or governance supervisory boards, they're willing to take some risks, but then there's some second guessing. Should I really deploy that much capital? Should I do it today or should I wait for another couple of signs to come out of this? So it's definitely having an impact on capital deployment. The ones that are really well thought out and the ones that are willing to take some risk rather than just avoid risk, I'm going to argue are going to be the ones that actually have a big opportunity in front of them. Because as we know, governments and business have to take risk to make some change. Do it in a measured way, do it in a very controlled way, and always adjust with agility. Have some milestones in place to do the checks and balances. If you do that, 
you should be taking more risk, not waiting and be stifled or paralyzed by the uncertainty that exists today. Now, we've seen the economy has been pondering around certain numbers. Now, the IMF projection of the Chinese economy has been elevated to about 5.3 to 4.4 percent. So what do you make of the current state of the Chinese economy? Uh, where it might be the momentum? Well, there's a bunch of places where that momentum is still there, right? We have to actually recognize that supply chains are still being used out of China. And as we think about growth, particularly in this part of the world with the Asia-Pac, um, the APAC uh, countries in the 21, there's a demand for that right now. So there's an opportunity. Second, as you look at the domestic agenda, there is an opportunity still to deal with the middle part of the country and the western part of the country. And that's an opportunity as we think about the continuation of the rise of the middle class and those in poverty, for example. So that's another opportunity in terms of the goods and services. So there is a lot of upside potential. And what we do see with President Xi is dealing with the overhang that's there, which today at least is the construction and the property business that exists. So if we can actually manage those, there's some upside potential. The last thing I'll say that I think is an upside is the role that China will play in the region more broadly. And this region is going to be ripe for opportunities. They think about broad supply chain, broad AI, broad technology advancements. China's got a lot of secret ingredients for lack of a better word, in terms of the talent that they have, the education that they have, and other aspects like that, that I think is a positive for them. China and the U.S., they argue differently about the overall backdrop of this relationship. Uh, you heard from the opening remarks by President Biden that this is a strategic competition, but the Chinese president obviously do not agree with that and believing this could be a win-win situation. So how do you see the general, the genuine debate, shall I say, this way, about the nature of this relationship and where we are likely to go from here. Bob? Reality is we have to be honest and acknowledge there is competition between the two countries. But there's also many areas for cooperation and alignment. And even when you truly com compete, there's times where you actually have to come together to solve for some of the problems in the world and set the standards that need to be set. So I think you're going to see a little bit of both over the next few years in terms of compete on some really important things as they look to be alternatives for the world, for economics and other aspects like that. Cooperate as we think about dealing with the major challenges like climate, like financing, other aspects like that, and maybe even some of the world events that we're dealing with right now. And last but not least, let's at least acknowledge that there's a need for the cooperation amongst the two countries. They need each other, as does the world need the two of them. And that's the important thing to think about with this three-legged stool. It's always a pleasure, Bob. Looking forward to seeing you again around. Great. Great. Thanks Thank very much. Thank you so much. much. Always. This is World Inside. Next, Chinese car maker BYD is now the world's largest EV manufacturer. I spoke exclusively to BYD America CEO on what China-U.S. cooperation means for the business community. The China-U.S. relationship is never enemy. Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight. Welcome back. This is World Inside with me, Tian Wei. We are broadcasting from the city of San Francisco on the sideline of the APEC Economic Leaders Week. Electronic vehicle markets are seeing exponential growth. 
the share of electronic cars in total sales had more than tripled in three years, and over 2.3 million electric cars were sold in the first quarter of the year 2023. BYD is the world's largest manufacturer of electric vehicles, but most importantly, China also produces around three quarters of the world's EV batteries, a critical EV component. What does China-U.S. cooperation mean for the business community, especially for the manufacturer of electric cars, and how will that benefit people from both sides? I talked to BYD America CEO Stella Lee. Good to see you, Stella. Yeah, yeah nice to see you. <laughs> In the discussions taking place between the two presidents, China and United States, you heard two words often being mentioned in different circumstances.、Yeah. One is competition; the other is cooperation.、Yes. Now, what do you see is the nature of the backdrop of this relationship, China United States? What does that mean to business leaders like you? Well, the nature of that is still evolving. I, I think that is a very good two wording. So, China U.S. relationship is never enemy. We are we have competition, but at the same time, we have a lot of cooperation. You will see the a lot of、uh, business investment is、uh, some fund invest in China with very successful return. Some Chinese fund here invest U.S. company also very successful. And then the both market Chinese market and also U.S. market are the two largest market for consumer. So for any business entity, you never can lose one market. You want to win in both. So that's the reason I think U.S. China at this moment we should really have more、uh, like a fearless leader like Gavin Newsom step step out to really changing people's perception to show the good example we need to cooperate then we can build both country like successful for business for everything. Last time when I got to know you and your colleagues, it was when Governor Newsom visited China. Yes, he has a very successful, wonderful trip in China. I think he visited like Shenzhen, Beijing, Shanghai, and the other city. It's a very complete like trip for him to deeply understand what China is doing. And what's the contribution China made for the climate change? And you know, it's such a big story, both inside China and the United States, that Governor Newsom, coming from California, jumped on that uh, uh, EV. Yes, indeed, and also drive for a, a little while. And、uh, you know, the first lady of California certainly looks very happy as well. Like first, California is the maybe fifth largest GDP globally, right? On the state level,、uh, on the national level, but then the same time, California is full of the innovation technology. But、uh, to impress governor with our Yangwan U8 is not easy. <laughs> so he jumped jumped in the car with all the high tech in California. He was wow, this is incredible. It's really. Like a、uh, very new stuff,、mm -hmm. and then we should bring to U.S. We should bring to California. So he was deeper, like impressed by our U.8. I really wonder what was it like、uh, to communicate with the team before they made the decision to visit your factory. Ah,、oh, actually, BYD invests in California for more than ten years. So in the city of Lancaster, it's just one mile,、uh, like north of、uh, Los Angeles. BYD has the. U.S. largest electric bus manufacturer. We、uh, we produce electric buses here. 
then we produce electric school buses over there. We do the like a battery pack assembly. We also do the electric trucks assembly here.、Mm. So we hire like a,、uh, more than seven hundred fifty union job. Then also not only for that, we BYD is really to support community. We are one of the company with a lot of single mom. Single parent, single dad, and the second chance employee—they're working for BYD. So the last time HR showed me, the average like a working out a、uh, time service BYD is more than eight years.、Uh, just like our name, Build Your Dreams, we really use our technology, invest heavily here in California. Then turning BYD to become California company, and then we use use our job opportunity to change people's life. But zero sum game is a reality, right?、Uh, in some people's minds. So, as a Chinese international business operating here, how do you see you are dealing with the challenges of the so-called zero sum game? And how would you persuade those people? It is not. <laughs> Actually,、uh, I think we just, as a Chinese community here, we just need working harder to raise our voice to talking to the politics. To talking to communicate with all the environment, different business group,、yeah. and to be more transparent to show our operation is well. Like for example, I always make a speech. Come to Lancaster BYD Lancaster facility. You'll find our facility is more American than any other the company here. So you will see a lot of like a female working in the production line. You will see a lot of African American people working here. You will see a lot of Latino like a working. The diversity there yeah, in the work. The BYD and they enjoy. So that is the kind of story we should be more like a、uh, aggressively to tell everybody. So very often we organize our not myself, it's our staff. They go to Washington D.C. to knock the door of the Congress, knock the door of the、uh, like Senate to say we is the like get a job here. We like before BYD came, we we even stay at the shelter, but the BYD came change our life, and then we like a、uh, uh, like a, they give me opportunity. Really,、uh, I can afford the house now. I can afford my kids' education,、right. so we often bring our staff to tell the politics this different story. So this help a lot. So sometimes I think the two countries always use national security to actually in the back is unfair competition. Is because the competition could not win, and then they use political lobby to win. This is not fair. And a lot of politics, they are not really like an expert for business. So we need maybe to have more voice to show the true story, to show the fact. Then this will help for people to understand you, and also the two national. I think the media need to give the fact too. Don't misleading people. So then we need to rebuild the trust. So I'm super happy now. Pandemic is gone. So now you can travel freely to both country.、Right. Then this will help a lot. Once the people start meeting, talking, then find out, oh, we are the same human being. <laughs> then we share the same planet. So in another place, we can cooperate together. Another thing I want to ask you is about electronic vehicle. Now it's so popular, the public love it, consumer love it. But at the same time, we also see different debates regarding the electronic vehicles, including about the materials of it,、uh, of the batteries, and the way of producing. So, what do you see is the potential 
to avoid the danger that this will become a collateral damage of geopolitics. Yeah. So first, I want to share electric vehicle, uh, the like transportation, contribute more than thirty percent of pollution for the total like uh, emission. And then, if in the like a city, like we are here in San Francisco, transportation contribute more than sixty percent of the pollution. So, electrify all the fleet, all the vehicle here. It's the everybody needs. Climate change is is not the matter about which country, what's your race, what's your political position. It's all the human being need to work together, and it doesn't matter you you, you came from where. Which country and which race, right? So we need to work together to save our planet. So then, to China build up a very good example because of the policy support, and then like now today, the EV penetration in the every year is increasing. Like this year can be thirty percent, maybe next year can be forty percent. Uh, yeah. But now other country, Europe is a little bit slow down, but still twenty-two percent. But in US, we less than nine ten percent. So, but California, we more than twenty-five percent. So, like I have last week, I was in China together with some investor,、uh, some friend from U.S.、Uh, the, from the investor, and then we we like walk on the street. They say, "Oh, Stella, why is it so quiet?"、Uh-huh. Now I realize because all the buses, all the taxi, all the car are electric car. So even you see a lot of traffic, but you don't hear a lot of noise.、Mm-hmm. That's the future. I think for、uh, like electrify all the transportation, that's the direction. Only can going forward, never can be backwards. What about the competition? It's fierce competition right now. You have BYD, <laughs> everybody knows it, but you also have、uh, Elon Musk advocating his brands,、uh, and and many others. Even China also、uh, alone, there are a tremendous amount of brands already popular. So how do you see this competition where we are seeing so intense now? Yeah, so I think the two companies are doing wonderful job. One's BYD from China, one's、uh, like Tesla from US. Are the two like Like a great leader globally for pushing all the industry to the、uh, to the future. So now the I think we don't worry about the, all the company to do the electric car, like put all the investment bad for future. We're more concerned is for the convention car company.、Mm-hmm. They are not one hundred percent in.、No. If they are not one hundred percent in, believing the future, they will have trouble very very quickly. That is not because of politics. It's because they are technology. Because the consumer right、uh, to choose selection. So then I will argue, all the company with maybe long history in the auto industry, you should really put all the focus to invest for the new future technology, which should be、uh, other battery operated electric car or other technology. But Future the destination with Chinese market, which is now number one auto market, showing demonstrate electrification is doable, as the consumer love it. We have seen women leaders like you being resilient、yeah. in an ever evolving、uh, society and ever evolving、uh, environment. How much do you see、uh, the core qualities of women can be of tremendous significance today,、yeah. especially it's a world full of challenge.、Yeah. I think a woman naturally is very good at communication. They communicate very good skill on the communication. So that's bring the benefit to the maybe global corporation. 
So often I travel a lot globally. Each time, like if there's any suspect or challenge here, we stand up, easy communicate. This maybe female leader can do better job than the male leader. <laughs> so also you see the woman in the house is like a very important role. Need to manage everybody's schedule with a different agenda. <laughs> we、we'll、work together. So this is naturally being trained. We need to multitask. So that is the females, like a. Natural capab-、uh, capability.、Right. So each time I、uh, stay at a lot of stage to encourage a female, like come out for、uh, to do the professional work to be the leader. So I think this is a lot of benefit. Better communication will solve the maybe better cooperation. And、uh, sometimes in order to achieve your goal, you need to compromise something, and then you also need like a, like a really cooperate together. So、the give and take. A give and a take. This is today's like geopolitical situation. We need to do like this way. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's BYD America CEO Stella Lee. Our exclusive interview. With that, we are coming to the end of today's program. I'm Tian Wei on behalf of my teams here in San Francisco and in Beijing, and I'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow.